Well, uh, being a, an old general man, I get a little weepy when I hear um, that general seminary tune there. Get all sort of emotional and uh, thinking about the old days there in seminary. But anyway, um, it's good to see everyone here and uh, to be blessed by your presence and to have this opportunity to, to bring you um, a meditation and an offering on the word of our Lord Jesus Christ and how God has presented us with his word. We have in uh, the scriptures, if you go back through them, a wide array of, of writings and interpretations and observations on how God has worked through time, through humanity. We begin there with Amos and his prophecies and, and, and his teachings <clears throat> that are thousands of years old. From there we moved into the high, high Christology that Paul offers there, writing from prison and to the people in Colossians there. And then we end up in a very, very intimate setting with the story of two sisters and the dynamic of, of that meeting and that relationship. All of this, all of this is the word of God being brought to us. We open today with words from a farmer whom the Lord had called into his service nearly 3,000 years ago. This is Amos and his impassioned, passionate, driving plea for social justice and care for the poor is as vital today as when they were first spoken in ancient Israel. Some of his words may be familiar to you. You might have heard them before. One passage. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. That was Amos speaking his truth to the rich and powerful of his time, those who trample on the poor while luxuriating on beds of ivory. He was God's spokesman, and I wonder what he would say to us today were he to walk our streets. In the passage before us, he takes on those for whom the religious observances were unnecessary, though it seems in their tone of voice a barely tolerated fact of life. When will the new moon and the Sabbath be over so that we may sell grain, they said. Let us practice deceit with false balances, tilting things in our favor. When will this time of worship be over? so we can get back to the business of making money. Something had gone wrong in the soul of God's chosen people. The teachings about caring for the poor and needy had given way to a time of exploiting the poor and establishing a system built on what we today might call income inequality, a system fueled by practices that, in Amos's words, bring ruin to the poor of the land. As I said, I wonder what he would say to us were he to walk our streets. And consider, consider that Amos' critique is not just the words of a farmer called into God's service. His concerns are God's concerns. 
Thus says the Lord. It's the favorite opening line of the prophets. I'm not speaking. Thus says the Lord. But do we listen? Doom in the form of invasion, subjugation, all of that came upon the people of ancient Israel. But even worse, a famine on hearing the words of the Lord. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. Imagine that fate. Imagine being cut off from God's words of hope and strength. Imagine seeking consolation and finding none. Twice this week I have entered into that thin place where grief and loss meet the promise of eternal life that lies beyond the grave. We gathered there at St. Anne's Seminary to lay one to rest. We gathered here in the church to remember another and lay that soul to rest. In all of those places, there in the cemetery, here in the sanctuary, the word of God was present in Jesus Christ. We do not have to suffer the famine of Amos' time. The Lord is always ready to feed us with his word in joy and in sorrow. Joy, as in yesterday, two young people brought together in holy matrimony. And again, God's presence, God's word being with them. The famine is over. We do not have to worry about being fed by God's word. Being fed by Jesus Christ. That's Amos' talk. And from there, we move into Paul writing from prison and describing this word, this Jesus Christ, in ways that, brothers and sisters, I suggest to you should blow our minds apart when you think about it. The ideas that he is presenting in that passage from Colossians are awe-inspiring. They should call forth from us a sense of wonder. Christ Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He himself is before all things. All things have been created through him. The question should rise up. All things? All things are created through him? This is Christology at, at its very highest. An interpretation, as I say, should bring us to a sense of almost being stunned into silence. I'm sure you might have seen those amazing photos this week from the Webb Telescope. Have you seen some of those photos that were, were, were posted? There's a deep space photo of galaxies. And this is what they look like 13 billion years ago. One billion years after what scientists call the Big Bang. And then there was another photo what they call the cosmic cliff. This is a, a birthing room, a cosmic birthing room for stars. This is 7,600 light years away. That's light traveling at 186,000 miles per second for 7,600 years. 
Set those images, that understanding, alongside Paul's words. Is Christ there? Not only at the dawn of creation, but before creation? Can we square what we believe and say with what we see? Can it be that the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus of Nazareth? The psalmist's words of wonder and praise come to mind. O Lord, how majestic is your name. How is it that you care for us? How is it that you came to be with us, to teach us, to reconcile us, to remind us that Amos' words, which are your words, O Lord, that those words were not just for ancient times, but those words are for all time. Seek good and not evil. Establish justice. The incarnation gives way to the crucifixion, which gives way to the ascension, and then to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Listen, listen, says our Lord. I am standing at the door, knocking. If you hear me, if you hear my voice and open the door, open the word, I will come to you and eat with you and you with me. And so we arrive at the tale of the two sisters in the gospel. The famine of Amos' time is long past. The word is with Mary and Martha, teaching the one who sits and the one who busies herself. The theologians have often seen these two sisters as examples of the active and the contemplative life, preferring sometimes to, to pit one against the other, to put them at odds. Of course, it's a, a, a story with all kinds of dynamics you can get into about tri triangulation and how that works and, you know, uh, sibling rivalries, all those sorts of things are all wrapped up in that. And then the symbolism of what these two women present to us. The Eastern Orthodox Church kind of leans towards Mary and the contemplative life the Protestant tradition, and we hold more interested perhaps in the social activism, the evangelism, taking the word out, being active like Martha. Martha, who was ministering to the Lord. And that is a blessing not to be taken lightly. Her gift is to be honored. And yet, it is, brothers and sisters, in Mary that we do see the fundamental act of the Christian life. Before our good deeds, before backpack buddies, before feeding at the lighthouse, before marching, we must sit with the Word with whom and in whom all things begin and end. We must be fed and taught. We must tap into the awe and the wonder, the majestic truth of he who is before all things and who has come to offer himself to us.
Paul says that he is the head of the body. The body is the church, and Christ is the head. And so without him, without the word, without his presence in our lives, without his spirit ministering and being present with us, we're a headless body, decapitated. And so, like Mary, we need to sit with the word and be with the word. Amos, our ancient prophet, would say in a sense, a shout of rejoicing, a shout of praise and thanksgiving, saying, Alleluia! The famine is over and will never return. For we have the bread of life upon which we can feed by faith with thanksgiving to sustain us in all that life has set before us. This is our gift. This is the one who before all things, back to that image from the web telescope, who is present in all things, is mighty and is as close as the beatings of our hearts. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.